Now, usually, most times, when you set out to go somewhere, eventually you get there, don't you? Now, think about it. You finally get where you're going, and you're either happy because, man, it's good to be here. You're either happy because, man, that drive was terrible. I'm just glad to be done. Sometimes you're happy to be there because now I'm here and I can hurry up and get back home, too. But for whatever reasons you have to be happy to finally getting there, friends, let me tell you, we are here. For the last six weeks, we have talked about being on a journey towards hope. And in that journey of our life that we've talked about working towards realizing the hope of God, we've talked about relationships. We've spoken of self-esteem. We've talked about work. We've talked about money. We've talked about temptation. We even had good car music last week, didn't we? It was the cantata. That was kind of a joke, y'all. Jeez. Kind of, right? But for all these things, we can finally see the sign. When I was a kid and we'd go visit my grandma, she lived about an hour away. There was a point when you're almost there where you could see over the hill the tip of the water tower that was right across the street. And when I could see the tip, I knew I was almost at Grandma's house. Friends, we are here. Everything there is to be hopeful for in this world and everything there is to be hopeful for in us is summed up in three words. He is risen. Amen. See, Christ has confronted the power of death and this image that just really helps me, he's, he, he's taken on death and just kind of done this right here. Christ has shown us that death has no power over God. That there is nothing final about death in this world. But there is something final in the power and in the love of God. And you and I, friends, when we come together, whether it's on a Sunday morning, whether it's on any other Sunday of the world, because... All Sundays are an Easter celebration in some way. God shows us that death does not consume us. Death does not win over God. And something God was showing those women who first experienced Easter that we read about in Mark showed them something very powerful as well. I want you to remember putting your mind what these ladies had in their minds, what they were doing. In their minds, they were going to the tomb of their teacher, one that they loved. They were going to prepare the body, the dead body of this man they loved. And I love that because that tradition and that custom was something familiar to them. They knew somebody had to do it. Somebody was going to do it. It was a very ordinary thing to have done. And in that so ordinary time, God showed up in a big way. And that reminds me that you never know when God shows up. You never know when it is we go about our ordinary things in life when we get that moment where hope becomes a reality. A professor of mine was telling us about a story that she was giving a a, a study to a, a church group about death and all these kinds of things in the Bible. 
And at the end of the session, about an hour and a half long, she did her spill. She said she was there and you know, handshaking, all this stuff. Thank you for coming and everything. There's one lady who waited off to the side. And she said, this one lady came up to me and started talking just a little bit. And it was very apparent she didn't want to stay with the chit-chat too much. So she asked her a question. She says, what do you think? Every day I get up. Every day I have pain in my body. Every day I have sores forming on. She had a disease that the doctors couldn't do anything about. She'd been treated and treated for years. And I'm at the point where I'm thinking, I can handle this in a way that would be more effective. Would it be right for me to take my own life? Professor says she really struggled with that. I mean, what do you really say? He said what she mustered up was this. The reality is, tomorrow when you wake up, it's going to hurt. The reality is, when you roll out of bed tomorrow morning, you're going to feel the same way you do right now. It's not going to get any better. It's probably not going to be, you're not going to look or feel any different than you do right now. But, there is that chance that tomorrow you could wake up and you could feel a little better. There is that chance that tomorrow you could come out of your bed and you could have the best day that you've had in quite a while. And if that's all we have to hope for, then that's worth hoping for. Friends, that is part of the hope that we have in the Easter celebration, that God provides to us that kind of hope, that we can have something to hold on to that can keep us going, even when we feel like there's nowhere else to go. Now think about that for a moment. See, tomorrow could be the day that those marriages are struggling could begin to reconcile a little more. Tomorrow could be that day that you hear some good news on the television. Tomorrow could be the day where you could wake up and realize that all this is a gift to us. And that changed your outlook. That is a part of the hope we have as God's people. Tomorrow could be. The lady I was speaking to this week, she had asked me to help her with a very uh, serious task for her. She's an older woman and had lost contact with one of her daughters. And it was an intentional loss of contact on the part of her daughter. Daughter felt her childhood wasn't all what it was cracked up to be and had some issues there and just decided to sever ties. And this broke this mother's heart. So she had asked me to try She only had a phone number that she had been trying to call for years. And every time she called, she'd get a voicemail. And it, it sounded like her daughter. She was so sure, but she, she never could make contact. So she asked me to help. And I tried a couple times. And I never got more than a voicemail. The other day she called me and she said, John, did you find out anything new? No, ma'am, I'm sorry. I had nothing more than a voicemail. She says, well, she called me yesterday. And she began to just cry. And you couldn't understand what she was saying. She had waited all this time. And one day, sort of out of the blue, she gets that call she'd been hoping for all these years. Friends, hope is what God provides to us. And as these women made their way to the tomb that morning, you realize what they were bringing with them 
not just the things in their hands, but the things in their hearts and in their minds. They were bringing with them sadness. They had seen and they had watched what happened to their Lord. And they knew where he was. They were confused. They didn't know how all this was supposed to happen and how it was fitting into what Jesus said was supposed to happen. They were filled with uncertainty because as they're going along the way, they're thinking, wait a minute, there's this big rock covering the tomb. How in the world are we going to move that? Then they experienced Easter in a most powerful way. They were there almost when Easter happened. Now here's what I want you to recall about what we read from Mark. Something very interesting, I think, the way uh, the writer tells this story. First of all, we get really excited about Easter, don't we? I mean, we got the lilies going. We had about 1,600 eggs outside yesterday full of candy. You know, sometimes we break out the suits. You know, we have barbecues. Anybody having a barbecue later on? Yeah. Worth a shot. But we get excited about Easter. Maybe even wake up early to go to sunrise service, right? Like some crazy people, huh? We were out there. But those first women, they didn't have all that. See, they brought all their sadness and they brought all their fears and everything. They experienced Easter. And do you know what they exchanged? Did you listen what they exchanged all that for? Terror and fear. Not quite the same Easter story we're used to hearing. They experienced hope. But all they got out of it was, sure, some sort of amazement. But one, they were terrified even more. They were fearful. And they didn't do what they were told to do. So maybe even a bit of disobedience. Now, if I'm reading this story, and I think this is part of what the writer is trying to do, if I've read all this story about this guy, Jesus, who has come to do all these things, and he's made such a powerful impact in his, in his world and on the people who follow him, and if I get to the very end of this story and I find out that the people who supposedly loved him don't do what they're supposed to do, that's no way for me to end the story. So that maybe in a way, I'll finish this story. I'll do what needs to be done. I'll be the one who takes what I've heard and who takes what I've learned out into the world like I was instructed to do. And that is the question for you and I this morning, friends. How do we respond to the hope that is Easter? I mean, we're here, right? Good to see you all this morning. I'm glad you're here. But now what? Now that we've heard, now that we've been reminded what happens next. You see, in these journeys that we go through, maybe from town to town, place to place, most often it's not the places that we just pass through that we remember the most. It's the ones where we actually stop and get out and take pretty pictures. And I'm inviting you this morning, friends, to stop and see what Easter is all about. But for so many people, the only way to respond is actually to not respond at all. And so we'll come to Easter. We'll come to the hope of God. And we'll bring all of our sadness. We'll bring all of our anxieties We'll bring all of our tensions, all of our pressures, all of our stress. We'll bring all that stuff. But then we'll leave with it as well. Just like those ladies first did. 
when I was a kid, this is what I learned about lobsters. You can laugh. I know the big guy bringing up food in the sermon. I know. It's, it's there. I know. But this is what I learned. There come times in the life of the lobster where a lobster has to leave its shell as it's growing. Because if it doesn't, that shell, which is meant to protect and do all that kind of thing, actually becomes a prison. If it waits too long, it actually becomes a coffin. That lobster needs room to grow. Now, when that shell is off, the lobster, of course, is very vulnerable to attack by different things. But if the lobster doesn't learn to get rid of that shell, it cannot grow. What is it, friends, that you and I need to leave so that we can grow in the hope of God? For some of us, it might be an attitude. For some of us, it might be a relationship. For some of us, it might be a worry. It might even be a job. Maybe it's something we do. But what is it that keeps us from growing in the hope that God gives us? That is what I want you to leave with. That is what I want you to consider the most as you come and worship here this morning. In our journey together, together with each other, and our journey towards hope with God, the reality is it never really ends. We don't ever stop journeying. But sometimes we do have to turn around and go back where we came from. We have to go home. But the good news, friends, for you and I, is that we don't have to go back the same way. We can take a different route. The hope of Easter is God is with us and we are God's. May you have a blessed Easter. Amen.